I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 201 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, we have crossed the threshold here of 200 episodes, and today we begin our climb towards 300 with a dad who is a multi-platinum-selling recording artist. You know him as the lead singer of the band Sugar Ray. Mark McGrath will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. Looking ahead to next week, I'm still putting together the schedule. I'm not sure yet whether I'm going to hit you with a three-banger or a five-banger. So follow me over on Instagram for all the latest and greatest announcements. One guest that I will be featuring next week will be Chris Gronkowski, the former NFL fullback and brother of the eventual Hall of Fame tight end Rob Gronkowski. So please be sure you are following me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for the complete schedule coming at you next week. The school season is winding down, and many of you dads have kids out there who are graduating either high school or college, so it's an exciting time of the year. Next year, I will have bookends in the grammar school system here with a kindergartner and an eighth grader, so it's going to be a big school year for us next year. Many of you listeners have been hitting me up with suggestions about fathers that you'd like to hear on the podcast here, so if there's a dad that you're interested in hearing from, please hit me with an email, firstclassfatherhood at gmail.com, or hit me with a DM on Instagram or Twitter. Also, two of my sponsorships have just concluded here, so there is an opening for a new one. Uh, I'm still being sponsored by SeatGeek, and I would like to align myself with some like-minded companies and businesses out there, so if you are interested in a partnership with First Class Fatherhood, please hit me up uh, with an email or DM, and I would love to hear from you. I have received some great feedback from yesterday's interview with Medal of Honor recipient Dakota Meyer, and I am grateful for all of your comments and your support. Let's see how things shake up here over the next 100 episodes. I do have to warn you here, uh, my connection with Mark McGrath, he was calling me from California, was a little spotty, so I've done my best here to restore it with the help of my friend Janaid here to bring you the best quality uh, possible as I still continue to upgrade my equipment here and bring you the best podcast possible. All right, so let's go, dads. Make sure you are sharing this podcast with every father in your neighborhood and in your contact list. Let them know about the podcast that's celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to jump into the action right now with Mark McGrath. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. You are going to hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to consider becoming a sponsor of First Class Fatherhood, please hit me up with an email, firstclassfatherhood at gmail.com. All right, joining me now is a first-class father. He is a platinum-selling recording artist. He is the lead vocalist of the band Sugar Ray. He has been on TV as a host. You've seen him on Extra. He is also a three-time Jeopardy rock and roll champion. It is a big privilege for me to say Mark McGrath. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Hey, Alec, it's a pleasure to be here. You know, uh, it's funny. I've been defined by many things in my life. I, I have been a, a lead singer of a band. I've been a TV host, but... You know, the thing that I consider myself first and foremost is a father. So being on your uh, your podcast is, is a real honor, real treat, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yeah, it's an honor to have you on. So let's start right here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? 
I have nine-year-old twins, a boy and a girl, Lydon and Hartley. And, uh, you know, my, my whole fatherhood uh, thing started kind of later in life. In my 20s and 30s, I was rocking and rolling around the world. I, I paid people to take care of me. <laughs> I wasn't really in a position to be taking care of anybody else. Uh, and, you know, I was 42 years old, and I was sitting up in the Hollywood Hills, uh, and, and I was kind of like, is that it? I've sold millions of records. My dreams have come true. I've opened for the Rolling Stones. I, I've written number one songs. That's it. It's almost like a careful what you ask for thing. The journey was over. Uh, and then by by the grace of God, my now wife said, listen, if we don't try to have kids, I'm leaving you. Um, and I've been with her a long time, and I didn't really want to, I didn't really want to, uh, you know, be, be, be by myself and lose her. So we, we went through the process, process called IVF. Because uh, both of us had a difficult time getting pregnant the uh, the regular way, and uh, we had these beautiful IVF twins, and uh, and here we are. They were born in 2010, and like I said, it, it's funny. Even though I, I lived 14 years before my kids were born, I, I really don't remember life before then. You know? Yeah, it has been a life changer for myself as well. Here, um, what type of sports or activities are they into? You know, it's funny. When I first started, uh, when, when my son was three years old, I was like, you know, when I was young, I played soccer, I played baseball, and I played uh, basketball. And, you know, through the seasons, you, you, you played that, you did the sport that corresponded with the season. So I, that was my whole thing. And the second I heard I was having a son, I'm like, we're going to coach, we're going to do this, blah, blah, blah. So I immediately got into baseball, basketball, and soccer. And I, you know, I was the assistant coach on all of those teams because being in a band, I'm traveling so much, it's hard to be the head coach, but I want to be involved so bad that, you know, I'm happy anytime I'm in town, I'll, I'll, I'll go to practice, I'll, I'll go to the games and all that stuff, but we started out early, and, you know, we played a little baseball, and he was a decent baseball player, he said, yeah, I don't really want to play baseball anymore, and I go, okay, that's cool, we still have soccer, basketball. We went to the soccer season, and he went, yeah, I don't really want to play soccer anymore. And that guy, like, okay, if we still have basketball. Now, basketball is a sport I, I, well, I mean, I played varsity basketball in high school. I tried to walk on at USC, the college I went to. So I was, I was a serious basketball player. So I was like, all right, at least you still have basketball. So the end of basketball season came and my son said, Dad, I don't want to play basketball anymore. And I went, oh my God, it broke my heart. So I went, all right, you know, it, it's not his thing right now. I'm just going to let him breathe and maybe I'm pushing him too hard. So a couple of years ago, he came to me when he's about, uh, Seven years old said, "Yeah, I don't want to play basketball again." And now he's playing basketball. He's on the traveling team. He loves it. And you know, I, I've learned to lay back a little bit. Maybe my dreams aren't his dreams, you know, or my enthusiasm isn't his enthusiasm. So I've been learning how to figure out how to be the best father for him, not to be the best father for me. Yeah, very well said. And that's one of the greatest things about fatherhood is you never have any idea where it's going to take you next. I always use my older son as an example of this because uh, he became interested in chess at an early age. And I never played chess in my life. So um, I took an interest in it. I learned how to play it so I could play with him. And now, you know, my whole family enjoys chess. So that's one of those things I never would have been into uh, without being a father. Well, see, that's such a trip, man. Like, chess would be the last thing in the world I would think one of my kids would ever be involved in. And now, you know what I mean? Imagine you might have felt the same way. It's just you know, I wasn't raised, you know, there's not a, a long lineage of brilliant people on the McGrath side. <laughs> you know what I mean? And chess is a real picky man's game, so that's interesting how you kind of have to adopt to what they like. And, and one thing having twins was interesting, and, you know, before the twins came, before they were born, uh, we took some twins classes trying to figure out what we could expect. And one thing all of the classes told us is don't label the children 
uh, and this is the smart one, this is the athletic one. Don't do that early in their life, or, or this is a creative one, or it, because it, it, they'll kind of pick up on that and take, take for themselves, like, yeah, I'm the athlete, I, I don't draw, or I'm not an artist. And, you know, there were stories you told us of people who, who uh, were always told they were athletic one their whole life, and then, you know, at 20 years old, the guy picked up clay and became a world-class sculptor, you know, even though he was just, you know, really uh, a highly lauded athlete his whole career, it turned out what he really was as an artist. So I think it's very, going back to what you said earlier, it's very important not to stigmatize your child, you know, and let them go at their own pace. Uh, you know, certainly there was just I'm the first one in, but I, I've learned to temper my enthusiasm and pick up on what they're interested in and what they're really not interested in. Yeah, very well said. And how do you handle discipline with the twins, Mark? I mean, I understand the challenges uh, at the nine-year-old stage. Um, you have two of them going through everything at the same time here. So how do you kind of handle discipline with them? Yeah, you know, look, uh, forgive me for for not knowing beforehand. You have four kids. What, what, what are the, what's the age groups uh, of your kids? Uh, yeah, sure. My oldest just became a teenager. He's 13. Then I have an 11, 8, and 4. Three boys and a girl. Wow, dude, you are right in the, you're right in it, my brother. Wow, yeah, going into teen, you know, teenage years, and Thor's like, uh, Thor's, you know, Thor's got his own set of, of uh, circumstances. You know, you know, one thing I have learned is that each age, as you know better than anybody, you know, has a new set of challenges. You know, it's like when they're babies, you're like, God, I just want to get six hours of sleep. And then you get six hours of sleep, and then there's a new set of challenges. Now they're talking, and they, they want things. So the whole thing is, I think, is kind of getting back to the original point is just the journey. So as far as discipline goes, in, in my uh, my house, it's very difficult because my wife and I, sometimes this is where we clash a lot, how to discipline the kids. And, and sometimes I don't know if it's the difference between being a, a, a dad and a mom that are at play or if it's just two different philosophies, you know. Um, you know, because it's kind of in our DNA to be kind of the lions and, like, you know, have them get out there and sit in their knees and, and, and you know, and kind of, you know, learn the hard way and, and trial, and, trial and error, but... You know, my, I, my wife's a Latina, so she's also very coddling. Uh, so I think it, it, you know, I am trying to find out as we go along at the, the different age groups how to discipline my kids. And, and I have to do that, you know, with, with the aid and support of my wife. So that, that, that's one thing I wasn't really, I thought would be more in tune on how to discipline our kids. So that's something I've been figuring out. It's just very difficult. On my end, I, you know, and I, I've known my wife for 25 years, so it's not like, you know, I, I didn't know her, you know, inside and out. We knew each other very well, so it's interesting to see how you, uh, you change and evolve as a parent, certainly in terms of discipline. Um, and, 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 you know, my child is, you know, I, I, you know, I, 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 I try to raise good people. You, you know, I want to raise good people, and that's all I want. I want them to look at you in the eye. I want them to remember your name. And I want them to have manners because those three things right there, those three things have got me jobs I didn't deserve in Hollywood. You know, it wasn't necessarily talent I had. It was because, hey, you know, Mark remembered the crew guy's name, and that was such a great look, and I, I want to look at a guy like that. So I told them that they're just nice and good to people have manners. I promise you'll have a good life. I promise you. So these are the things I'm trying to do, and, you know, still end up. I think it's so important. That's kind of a lost art these days, this you know, digital technological theater. These kids live in with all the Fortnite craziness around them. You know, it's kind of a lost art of having social skills. So that's something that's very important. Yeah, and Mark, there is such a disconnect with many parents and their kids out there as far as all the technology goes because, you know, we didn't grow up uh, with all of this stuff. They've never known a world without it. So how do you kind of handle all the technology with your kids? 
Well, kind of, you know, it's like what you said, it's kind of difficult because, you know, they're being taught an iPad to school. I mean, it's impossible not to let them be involved in technology in some capacity. And you also, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of victim of your circumstances. You know, that's the world they live in. You know, I, does my son play too much Fortnite? Of course he does, you know. But we kind of, we, we, they, they have to earn the right to use technology in my house, you know. Um, you know, they, they obviously cannot be on social media. That's a lot. It's not even the only time that type. That's not even an issue. But, you know, when you're playing Fortnite and things like that, you know, there are people out there that you're playing that you don't know. So I, I kind of worry about it. I, I try to do my best to protect them from the evils uh, of technology and 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 and, uh, and all that. But I, there's only so much you can do. You know, I I hope I'm raising the kids, my kids to be responsible. You know, my, 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 my kids are pretty, are, are pretty, you know, they're pretty adjusted adults. They kind of know, uh, the line to cross, or not to cross, I should say. Um, and they're good at policing themselves. You know, I, I really lucked out in that sense. You know, they, they, they want to do the right thing. Uh, and, but they also know there'll be consequences if they don't. So, I'm learning like every other parent. I don't have the answer. I mean, technology, uh, but it's happening today, did not exist 20 years ago. 20 years ago, I was 31 years old. You know what I'm saying? It's like I was a grown-ass man. So, like, it's really gone through such quick, quick changes. And we're all kind of playing catch-up as technology goes up further and further. And let's all say, you know, you go to restaurants, it's easy to throw an iPad at your kid just to buy an extra 20, 30 minutes at a restaurant. I am guilty of that. You know, sometimes you're just, uh, you know, sometimes you try to make it, 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 it your life just a little bit, uh, you know, 72 and sunnier by, by you know, integrating technology. So, I, I wish I had the answers, Alex, to how to do that. But I think it's just a general discipline. I'm learning as I go along, and I'm making mistakes, you know? Yeah, and I think that's the best we can ask for. I mean, I'm in the same boat here, and I'm just very confused by certain things, like when my kids will sit down and watch other kids playing video games on YouTube, and it'll be, I'll be like, guys, why don't you just play the video game? Dude, YouTube, it, it, this to me is a phenomenon I do not understand. Is my kids will watch other kids play video games for seven hours. And it, 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 it's mind-boggling. They don't want to play. They want to watch guys playing it. And I, I, I don't get it. I guess, you know, there, there's, you know, in Fortnite and all these games, there's, there's like these, you know, these uh, digital, uh, these gaming teams that are starting out. They're making hundreds of millions of dollars. And, you know, when, when Tiny Jenner is the first, uh, quote-unquote, self-made billionaire by working with social media, it's hard to tell them that that's not the answer. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's really weird how it's just a paradox that, yes, they need to use technology, but just how, how do you figure it out to integrate it into your life for everybody, you know? Yeah, there were so many positives, yet so many negatives. I always talk about how I drive Uber on the weekends, and while it's great to see these young kids, they're not drinking and driving, man. Once they get in the car, they're Snapchatting and Instagramming one another, and the communication has just been destroyed. You know, it's like, I, I, I don't want to be like, uh, you know, when I was a kid, we used to walk, right? right you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Be that curmudgeon old man. And like, you know, I'm in the music business. There's probably no business that's been more adversely affected than the music business. You know, I mean, I've seen my music, my, my songwriter, he's cut half, which is basically my pension plan because of the internet, you know? Um, so it, 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 there, there are, there are, like you said, there, there are the evils of it, but I, I see the pros and cons. I think there's stuff to learn how they live in this world, but at the end of the day, you 
still got to be able to present yourself in, a, in an interview. Unless they change the way how they hire people, then you still have to have social skills. And I think what people can really win as a parent teaching their kids is teaching them the art of, of manners and kindness and looking people in the eye and social graces. Because out here in Hollywood, they, 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 they've just disappeared. And I'm sure you've seen driving in Uber, dude. People just aren't as, they're just not as friendly as they used to be, and they don't have the skill set to be warm and kind, you know. And if you can have that set up in your back pocket, I'm not saying it'd be a nerd, be Eddie Haskell, and be the kiss-ass, you know, child every day. But, you know, I firm a handshake from a, from a young kid, 12, 13. I mean, that, that always impresses you know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely something they are going to need as they get older here for sure. But, I mean, I'm just blown away by how these young 20-year-olds use it to date girls. I mean, you would think that it would be the senior citizens or the widows out there that need to use that, ty- you know, the technology for dating. But it's the, it's the young guns out there that are using it. I don't know. I agree. I mean, we used to have to do it the hard way. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how you always go back to that. I just, you know, I always knew there'd be a generation gap. I just didn't do it would be a complete lifestyle gap. You, you know what I mean? I mean, it's just. Well, you know, look, when the hippies came in the 60s, I mean, you know, you had the tough, the, the world's greatest generation watching their sons during the pot smoking hippies. They must have lost the time. And it's kind of what we're looking at today. We're looking at these little robots are raising their own this digital sphere that none of us understand. And I think it's just another generation gap. This one just seems a little bit more pronounced than the others, you know? Because it's yeah. less social. It's more digital, you know? It's, it's, it's harder to define. It's harder to see, like, what the effects are going to be, you know? Yeah, and Mark, it's changing at such a faster pace now, whereas things used to change by the decade, like from the 60s to the 70s today, it's like from 2017 to 18 to 19, there's drastic differences with all the technology. Oh, you're so right, and I think uh, what, has, what has a lot to do with that is, you know, Apple and, and all these big companies, their, their willingness to update the phones and, like, make the latest gadgets, that's how they get their, that's how they make their money, you know, it's like, we have to do is this, you know. And here's a watch now, and and here's something that's so small you can watch you know, any basketball game you want. I mean, it's just like twenty years ago, if you, if you told me I could watch the NBA playoffs on my phone in perfect clarity, I would have think you're insane. That was twenty years ago. You know, if you can, if you tell me five years from now that I could transport myself to Chicago tonight, I kind of believe you. You know what I mean? That's yeah. crazy technology is advancing, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, it is time to get an important word from our sponsors, then back with more with Mark McGrath. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Let's go, dads. You heard me speaking recently about my daddy-daughter date to see Frozen on Broadway, and it was a night to remember. I bought my tickets on SeatGeek.com and used my promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS, and I saved $20 off my tickets, which I used to buy my daughter a souvenir at the show. Right now, baseball season is in full swing. Both NHL and NBA playoffs are heating up. And if you plan on bringing your kids to any live event, go to SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app and plug in my promo code FIRSTCLASS. One word, FIRSTCLASS. And First Class Fatherhood listeners can save $20 off their tickets. It's a slam dunk deal, guys. Go to SeatGeek.com and use the promo code FIRSTCLASS. Fatherhood is the best seat in the house.
All right, let me rein it back into you as a dad here for just a minute. What does your bedtime routine look like with the twins, Mark? Especially, I'm curious, like when they were infants, uh, you being a singer, uh, did you sing to them? Did you write songs and then sing them lullabies and stuff? How, how does bedtime go down with you? You know, it's, it's funny. They, they, uh, you know, let's put it my voice has never been like the most soothing voice. I don't really have like a Luther Bandross, Brian McKnight, uh, you know, Bob Iver type voice. You know, I've kind of got a rough, sort of gruff voice. And, and in fact, I, my wife used to go, shh, while I was walking into the house. So I would never sing them to sleep, but they certainly love music. You know, they, you know, my wife is, she's an esthetician and she's, spent like half her life in, in spas and salons. So she loves to put on the spa channel. She's done that since she's been young. And it, it, since the kids were very, since they were babies. And it's very relaxing. It's kind of music you hear at a spa or at a sushi restaurant or something. So that, that has been very uh, uh, calming influence on them. And they love music. And they, they know every lyric to every song. And we were just having this, this discussion a couple of months ago because they're learning multiplication, right? And like, ah, Daddy, I can't learn. It's too hard. I go, you listen to any new song and remember the lyrics when you hear the song once. Don't tell me you can't, you know, memorize nine times eight. So that, that really clicked to them. And they, they quickly passed out a, uh, uh, you know, multiplication because they figured it out that, you know, Daddy knows that, like, you know, look, I can remember things. And it was kind of fun to show them, like, like that look. You, know, you could learn multiplication. It's just memorization. You remembered Post Malone's whole record in five minutes. So here you go. So it was kind of interesting to see that happen. But, you know, they, they, they like music. They love music. They're, there's not, you know, and they're curious at, at what I do. And, you know, they're, they're, as they're getting older, they're realizing it as well. Um, but yeah, they don't have this like sort of profound love for performing or singing music. My daughter's a little bit of ham, my son less so. Uh, they love music, but I don't think they have any interest in really performing. I don't see them maybe being musicians. But I didn't think I'd be either at that age, so. But I, I love music a lot more than they did. Yeah, and you know, Mark, it goes right back to the technology there, too, because, I mean, when my 11-year-old asks me, why do I have to learn this? You know, he's got a much better argument than I did at 11, because we all walk around with the answers in our pocket today. I mean, when they see me stuck on something, I always take my phone out and I ask Siri for the answer. So, I mean, it's an interesting time here. Oh, dude, Alec, today, today, my kids go, Dad, cursive, we're never going to use cursive. And I and today, I'm in school. And I go, you know what? I'm not even going to lie to you and say you are, because... Every now and then, I, I, I'm fortunate enough to have an account that kind of does all my bills, so I don't write a, write a lot of checks personally. But when I do, I, I almost I've lost my voter skills how to write person and checks, especially in like a small area. So, I, you know, person is it, it's like calligraphy. It, it, it's gone. It, it's gone by the way it's done over. So. Even when they say, Daddy, I, you know, I'll, I'll never use cursive, I, I go, but even if they're not using cursive, use as a challenge, because I promise you, you'll be challenged for the rest of your life, and I'm challenged every day with things I don't want to do. I am, and it just never changes. You're like, yeah, but you already went to school. I go, right. <laughs> and and, and you're, you're darn right I did. I went to college, I got a degree, and the whole thing, so... And it, there was challenges the whole step of the way. And I, I, I go, 75% of the stuff I learned, you guys, I never learned, I never used again. But it was building blocks for building up your character, how to face adversity when it's in front of you. Because you don't know what you're going to face. You know, I, 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 I face things in my life I've never thought I'd, I, I'd have to learn or figure out how this worked, and I've never had to use a fist. But that's how life works. So I think it's more overcoming things, not the practical use of things. It's just it's a challenge, and that kind of it kind of resonated with the both of it. It's interesting to see that happen. 
Yeah, and listen, my older two came uh, 15 months apart. They're uh, Irish twins, but you know we didn't get hit with two at the same time. So what were some of the biggest challenges for you that first year uh, of bringing home two new babies as new parents? You know, I, I'm always impressed with people who have Irish twins or people that have kids that are like five and one because, you know, at least my twins needed the same thing at the same time. That, 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 that was, uh, that, that made it easy. I, I, I've always been, you know, I have the people who have four kids like yourself that they have different dietary concerns, different needs, different attitudes, you know, so, but, but with the twins, the most important thing was keeping them on a schedule. If they got off schedule, meaning if they weren't taking naps from 7 to 9 and then eating at 11.30, if they got off the schedule, you would you weren't going to be sleeping for the rest of your life. So luckily, we had them on schedule early. We, we took a lot of twins classes, so we were really prepared, you know. Um, like I said, I was older, so I knew my energy wasn't going to be through the roof, and I had to get any advantage I could. Uh, and luckily, we had some help. We were fortunate to have great night nurses for the first couple of months, really, with the twins were born because, you know, it, it, it was just brutal. My wife tried to, to, to make it happen on her own, but it was just, I mean, it was it just such a heavy burden, you know. You, it felt like we would just be waking up, feed, feed the babies, you know, you change the diapers, you put them back to bed, and then 20 minutes later, you're, ah! you're like, oh, my God, I, I'm losing my mind. So, you know, those <laughs> the first couple of months, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I can do this. You know, this, this, this is just too happy. And and I think what God does is he makes the days long, but the years short. And now I, I kind of look back fondly and nostalgic for those days when they were babies. And I'll see babies and I'll, I'll miss that stage, you know. So I, you almost, you almost, God almost purposely makes you, makes you forget what having a baby really entails. It's like when you forget, like when you buy a puppy, you forget like how much you actually, you know, attention a puppy needs because, because they are, uh, yeah, let's say this year, they're 100% back in fall. So I think the, the baby thing was the really biggest suggestion because I was 42 years old, and I lived a very selfish life. It was all about me, all about my work. You know, people supported me. I had people on staff, payroll, the whole thing. So right when the kids came and all, it was just, and it still is now. It, it, I, I am I'm fit in my house of priority wife. It, it, it's my, you know, it's my two kids, my wife, the dog, and me. You know, when it used to just be me. So I had to get used to being very selfless. And I think any good father knows exactly what I'm talking about. And it's something that I enjoy doing. I want, I, you know, I, I want to give. I was ready to give all of myself. And, uh, and that's, that, that's, uh, that's when I, that's when I knew I was ready to be a father, you know. Okay, good stuff. And Mark, I got to ask you here about these reports that I've been reading about you losing your hearing. I mean, is there is there any truth to any of these uh, articles that are out there? Uh, and what was the whole genesis of that? And is there is there anything to it? You know, it's funny. It's uh, it, it, you know, I, I finally really was the victim of clickbait, which you know, I, I've been doing this for years. I I have been losing my uh, hearing in one ear, kind of like you know, you lose your sight as you go to older. You know what I mean? It, it's that interesting. Like, you know, you kind of lose your sight as you get older. You, start, you don't see as well. You put on glasses to read. But in, in, at being in a band, uh, one of my ears has, has, has got a little less, uh, uh, a little more hearing loss than the other people because they're natural. But being a musician, it's about the same hearing loss that someone who works as a mechanic has or for someone who works as like, an aviation guy. Now, I made a mistake at a red carpet. I was walking down, and it was even off the record. Some guy goes, uh, hey, Mark, they go, hey, how you doing, man? What's your name? He goes, my name is, huh? 
I go, sorry. He goes, man, huh? I go, sorry, dude. I'm going deaf from 30 years of rock and roll. I can't hear. What's your name? He goes, Jim. I go, oh, hey, Jim. How you doing? And I go, well, and we were doing charity, and we started talking about the night, and that was it. And I forgot. <laughs> and I forgot about it. And then about a month ago, it said, Mark McGrath admits he's going deaf. And wow. I, I didn't even know. At first, I'm like, where did this come from? I, I don't even know what they like, They took my breath away. I put this pump off. And then I kind of read the article. I think it was a Daily Mirror or something. And it said, you know, at the Cirque uh, du Soleil charity event, Mark was on the red carpet talking French. And I'm like, oh, my God. That, that off-the-cuff moment was this. And so yeah, it, it, it was unfortunate in two ways. Unfortunately, because yeah, there's some very caring people out there still. Look, I get more shit than anybody internet, social media. I, I'm just, I'm immune to it. There's a lot of people out there that are super nice and caring, and they were generally concerned. So that was kind of a bummer, and it was, you know, and, and I had to do a little bit of spin on that. But the second problem was that there's people, business people, buyers, people I do business with, uh, promoters and stuff, that were saying, oh, you know, they were, they were curious about upcoming dates. Is this all going to happen? You know, we heard what happened. But Huey Lewis. Uh, about a year ago, admitted, uh, he, 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 uh, intonated, he, he was going deaf. He had to stop performing, uh, uh, because he was losing his hearing. And so it was something that was familiar with promoters and, and, and buyers. So it was, I had to do a little bit of damage control on that, but man, I really learned what clickbait meant right there, you know, and, uh, it was an unfortunate thing and it was really the most off the cuff thing that I've been using for years. I've been, for 30 years, I went, I can't hear what someone's saying. I'll go, dude, I'm a rock and roll band. I can't hear you. What? I'm going deaf. You know? and it, it just, it, it just, it's a sad world to live in that someone would like, kind of like shake that as it. Did I say that? I did say that. Was it done in the context of the joke? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah, that's crazy, man, that people just want to put a spin on their own thing to just get some clickbait. I mean, we're in a new world here with the same principles, but instead of selling newspapers and magazines, they just want that tap or that click. Um, you know, but social media, I mean, it is vicious. It's a vile, vile place. You know, unfortunately, like, as you know, when you're on a business, you kind of got to be part of it. Uh, you know, you got to take a thick skin. I mean, I've been in the public eye for a long time. I was famous before social media, so none of my fame relies on it. You know what I mean? Uh, thank God. Uh, but it's something that's a necessary evil for what I do. But I, I got to say, 99% of the people I deal with on social media are fantastic. But unfortunately, that one percent minority that's on a fake account—it's a guy eating hagen dolls in his mom's basement, and he's going to be on my six hundred pound life in a year. You know what I mean? That—that's—that's that's the guy that you listen to, you know. And it—it's unfortunate, you know. And it really does. And, and like you said, it, the people can just be anonymous, and there's no—they're they're not responsible for what they say, and it carries a lot of weight to people. And uh, you know, it—I it, guess it's a necessary evil. Uh, it will never discourage me from being on there, but it can be vile. You know, it can be a real, a real bummer of a place. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, uh, you've had so many accomplishments already in your life. You got the twins going on right now. What kind of goals or plans do you have for yourself for the future here? You know, dude, the goal right now is first and foremost being the best dad I can be. As I said, I travel a lot, so when I'm home, I'm home. I'm taking the kids to school. I'm taking the karate. We're doing basketball. We're going to build a bear. Uh, you know, we're having dinner. We're going to the tutor. We're doing all that stuff. You know, I mean, I I'm not a guy that goes golfing with his buddies on the weekend. I'm not that guy. I'm either traveling or I'm, or I'm, I'm home uh, with the twins, and, and I couldn't be any happier. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I've got, we've got a new record coming out. We've been fortunate enough to have a a new record come out on BMG Records is coming out this spring, which, uh, this summer, I should say, which we're really excited about. You know, we have 
no expectations and just high hopes for having some fun. And when you're in a band, you do two things. You play live and you write music. If you were playing live for a long time, that's how we keep the lights on. But it's been fun to just get creative and, uh, and write some new stuff. And, yeah, I've been fortunate to play around the world. Yeah, I've done Japan soon, uh, but Europe. Um, and I play, I play another band, uh, that, uh, it's kind of a, uh, all-star band with Dave Navarro and, and, uh, guys like that called Royal Machines. And we do a lot of corporate shows and we'll have everybody from Ozzy Osbourne to Billy Idol to Billy Gibbons to Cypress Hill come up and jam songs with us. So I've just been so blessed and given so much. And the fact that I still get to make a living playing music, it, it's not lost on me. So I'm not looking for any more, dude. I'm just looking for some help and happiness and, and I could, and, and, uh, and I'm in a good space. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, last thing I want to hit you with here, Mark. I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Boy, that's that's that's, that's just such a big question, you know. I mean, I, the, the the advice I always have is, is you know, you, oh, man, it's it's just, it, it's, the, you, you're, you're, it's the hardest, greatest thing in the world. And if it feels like that when you're doing it, you're doing it right. You know, it, it, there's going to be, you know, endless times where you're like, oh, my gosh, this is such a big question. It's hard to articulate. I will say every situation has its set of circumstances. It gets better and it gets easier. But then things look like new, like, difficulties to pop up. You're going on a journey, and it's going to be the best journey you've ever been on, but it's got everything a journey has. It's got its ups and downs and lows and highs. The most important with your partner, you have to learn how to work together. Because I promise you, she's going, to, she's going to go crazy, you're going to go crazy, you both have to be able to give each other their space. But you'll figure it out your own way, I promise you, and it's the most rewarding thing in the world. Enjoy it because you know what? They say it goes fast, but they lie. It goes twice as fast. Yeah, well said. I love the advice. A great message. This has been a lot of fun for me. I got to say, you are a first class father. And Mark McGrath, thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Alex, it's an absolute pleasure. I wish you best going forward, man. Okay, I'm back with some closing thoughts in just a second here. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Mark McGrath for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me a DM on Instagram. I always love to hear your feedback. Again, I apologize for the sound quality of all that audio. I can guarantee you this, though. Tomorrow, we are going to close out the show with a Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood, and there is a crystal clear sound between me and former Navy SEAL Chris Osmond. So bring it back tomorrow. Close the week out with a bang here with me. That's all I got for you. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Your half-truths and tales as tall as a tree's. Feelings.